We're back. Hello, welcome back. I've missed you. It's been too long. Anyways, guys, welcome 90 Day the Melanated Way. I am your host, Linda Antwi. We are talking about happily ever after. Is it happily ever after? Because they just give me stress. Let's talk about sex. Uh, season six, episode 13. Um, what do I want to do first? Hi, Kathy. Hi from Ohio. Ohio, gozaimasu. Uh, yeah, we'll do some housekeeping first. Housekeeping, housekeeping, housekeeping. Support the show wherever you're watching. Thumbs up wherever you are. Thumbs up, thumbs up. That'd be very, very helpful. Uh, if you guys uh, find it in your heart to support the show, it's scrolling at the bottom of your screen where you can support the show if you're not, and even if you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, it makes the show, it helps us grow all of that stuff. Uh, shout out to my Patreon subscribers, uh, Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Ray Della, hey girl, hey, I see you in the live chat, Linda, Brianna, Crystal, hey girl, hey, and Nicole, Amanda, Julissa, Dada, Anchor FM, Chandra, Judy, and Beth, love y'all, thank you for your support, you guys are the ones that make the show possible. Um, tomorrow, just FYI, there's some timing changes in the show times. Love After Lockup, we usually do at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're doing at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time because I have a press screening to go to outside in the real world. Um, and then I'll be back 8 p.m. doing and covering Darcy and Stacy. So please make that note. You guys, I know a lot of you have reached out to me. A lot of you kind of over the season, you're over happily ever after, you guys are just over it. Some of you guys are bored with it. Some of you guys are bored with the storyline. And I get it, I get it. Because this season seems like it's been a really long season. And it also seems like we're seeing the same thing over and over and over again. And we just got off um, 90 Day Fiance with many of the same cast members. So there's been like no break from them. Great news, uh, if you haven't checked out our 90 day the melanated instagram page and even on facebook i posted it there 90 day the other way is coming back y'all and there are three new couples so you know just like love in paradise i'm feeling the new people we need some fresh talent fresh face fresh stories and so that's coming back next month um we are going to see some familiar faces though but it's mixed in with some brand new people and i think that that's going to be great um we're full up you guys, we've got Love and Paradise going. We've got uh, Darcy and Stacy going right now. Uh, we're still in Happily Ever After. 90 Day the Other Way is about to start. Plus, you know, all of the pillow talks and all of that stuff. So, you know, TLC and Discovery Plus, we, we're full up. We're full up. All right. Let's talk about Michael. Michael's playing ping pong with his friends, the goofballs as Angela likes to call them, Bodie and Peter and all of them. And uh, he tells them that he's reconciled with 
Angela, and he thinks that he's doing a little something, something, you guys, because, you know, Angela doesn't like that he has friends. You know, Angela tries to control every little thing that Michael does and says that he can't have friends. He can't work. He can't, he can't, he can't. And so he feels like you see a little smirk on his face. He feels like he was doing a little something because he's feeling like he's Mr. Independent because he's hanging out with his friends. Michael, you're like 32, 34, 32 or 34. He's something like that. Let's just say 32. And you're a grown ass man. I don't understand why you, your friends who have been there before Angela, why you allow her to control you and say that you can't hang out with your friends just because she doesn't like them. What? I mean, I get it. I get we're on the path to the green card. I get you put your time in. I get it. I get it. I get that you're like, you're, you got a mission and you've already put in your time. I get it, but it's just not stupid to me that you can't hang out with your friends because your woman who tries to control you tells you that. Like, grow some balls. That's it, grow some balls. Okay, and speaking of growing some balls, um, she he tells them about the video, the sex FaceTime thing that they had, which I totally think was unnecessary. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to rehash it in my mind. And I don't think that they really want cared either like something should be private like yeah you want to tell your friends like hey woo, 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 woo. and they did this and they did that and I get that part but that's not what this was he was kind of saying like you know we had some sexy time versus on video chat because like that's my woman and we re reconciled okay no one cares honestly no one cares no we didn't no one cares I don't need to relive the bubba bath scene and I don't think you all do either um, and his friend said the same thing. Peter's like, I don't think she's sexy. I didn't need to know all that. I wouldn't want to see her naked and all the stuff, right? Because they don't like Angela either, right? So it's a whole thing. Um, but they make some jokes, which I thought was funny. So they're, because, you know, apparently Michael's a boob man. So they were kind of teasing him, whether they were oranges or watermelons, like what does that look like? And, you know, there's a different, just give us like a fruit comparison. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. And then we, we're going to need to talk about this, you guys. I need to talk about it. And I need to talk about it right now. Michael does it to camera. Now, Michael says that he breastfed until he was nine years old. Nine. Not nine. I thought I heard it wrong. Like maybe nine months. No, nine years of age. Nine and that he says it's not common in his culture. It's something more personal for him. Then he talks about how he used to play with them and he used to suck on them. Okay. Uh, okay. Where should I begin? Should I begin with neutral Linda or should I begin with what I really want to say, Linda? I'm going to start with what I really want to say. What the fuck is happening right now? Like, what's happening right now? You're trying to tell the world that you breastfed, that you breastfed, that you drank your mother's milk from her boob to the age of nine? I, I, I've never, I've never, I have never in my life. And then you said it was a, it was something personal. It sounds like more than personal, my friend. That that sounds like an issue. 
And I cannot believe that your mother went along with that. And so were you were you breastfeeding while you were eating regular food and going to school? Like, how did that work? How did that work? Did your mama go to school with you? Like, wait, till you were nine? And, and then you want to sit to camera all calm with a little bit of smirk on your face and tell the world that you used to play with your mama's tatas and suck the, on them till you were nine? Listen, y'all. Listen. Okay? And then you want to explain that that's why you're a boob man? It all makes sense to me now. It all, it all, and if it doesn't make sense to you, it's about to make sense to you. This is why you're like 32 years old and your woman's like 50, 60 years old. You have a thing, right? You have a, a mama complex, right? And Angela's like your mama. And now it all makes sense to me. So when I'm saying that Angela's controlling you and you sit there and take Angela like yelling at you and degrading you and all of that stuff, it's like, and I'm not saying his mom does that, but you know how, if, if you're a child and you act up, you're going to get scolded. I think he's stuck in that. I think this 32-year-old is stuck in the nine-year-old mindset. And the nine-year-old mindset who breastfed till he was nine, got scolded when he did bad things, okay? Couldn't go out to play with his friends when he did bad things, is the same relationship he's in with Angela right now, who's old too, right? And so the whole boob thing, like it just all makes sense to me and it's bizarre. Is I I am stuck. I'm stuck. Nine, y'all, nine. You're in school at nine years old. At five years old, you're in kindergarten. Okay. Six and seven year olds are grade one. Okay. So you're like great by nine, you're like in grade four. Can you imagine? You're in grade four. It's very odd, it's very odd. What did your lunchtime look like? That's, what does dinner time look like? I, I, I have questions and I, I'm gonna need Michael to elaborate because you're nine years old. But like, just wow. Um, So he tells his friends that he is in the midst of the visa process still and also that he still thinks he's gonna have a kid with Angela. Are we delusional? Cause we've been, listen, we've been following Michael and Angela for like four years. Okay, he still hasn't come to America and she is absolutely not gonna have a baby now, especially because she's got her whole body makeover. Skyla's not giving any type of egg to you. so. Why are we acting delusional? Why is he acting brand new? Why is he acting like he knows that she, there's no baby coming from Angela's side of the family? There's just none. And so I'm not, I'm not sure why we're still talking about it, to be honest. I'm not sure why in his mind, he's got this delusion that Angela is going to take Skyla's egg, that he's going to provide the sperm that's going to be frozen and sent from Nigeria to Atlanta and that that egg from Skyland, that sperm from Nigeria are then going to be implanted in Angela. I, I'm just, 
why are we thinking that? What possibly could have happened since Angela has no eggs? What possibly could have happened since Skyla said no, never, ever, never, ever? What possibly could have happened when you are not even there yet? So you think it's a great idea. You think Angela, who bullied you, who just did a whole makeover and then some, is about to get pregnant? Meanwhile, she's taking care of six kids. I'm just... Uh, you decided to marry her. You said the most important thing for you is to be a father. She said that she didn't know if she could have a kid. Then we found out that she had one egg, but then we found out that egg wasn't really even an egg, so she can't have babies. Then she said Skyla would give her one, and Skyla said no. So, like, I'm just trying to figure out where in that journey, because we've all seen it, that he is stuck on having a baby with Angela when Angela's clearly said that that's not what's going to happen. And she even said it in this episode. She said, you know, I'm I'm going to entertain this whole go see a specialist fertility guy. But she is not. She just got her new sexy body. She is not trying to do all of that. She's not trying to have a baby at 54. Okay. So he's still in the midst of the beautiful process. Still thinks he's having a kid. And he thinks that he's going to be able to ship his sperm to the U.S., and the thing is, though, Michael is trying also, okay, there's a lot going on with Michael. Michael's also trying to say that he has never masturbated in his life. And he doesn't masturbate because it goes against his religion. And he's never done it before. So masturbating goes against your religion but getting blowjobs does not go against your religion. Masturbating goes against your religion, but last week you were popping your penis for Angela. That doesn't go against your religion. Masturbating goes against your religion, but you have phone sex with Angela on a regular but that doesn't go against your religion. I'm gonna need to know what religion you follow. And I'm also gonna need to know what the rules are because clearly they're they're bendable. So I have a hard time believing that you can give a blow job and get a blow job, but you can't masturbate on your own. And I'm having a hard time believing that a 30 something year old has never masturbated in his life. I don't believe it for one minute. And so you're not gonna know what to do when you go to the fertility clinic. And oh, by the way, you're against porn. You know what, Michael? You're doing way too much right now, okay? Because for, for me, it's just not making sense. It's not making sense that you breastfed till you were nine, you told the world that you used to play and suck on your mama's tatas till you were nine, but you have phone sex with your now wife and she wasn't your wife for a few years. So you were still having phone sex. Then you tell us that you don't masturbate because it's against your religion. But we know you cheated when you first met her and got a blow job, but that's not against your religion. So like, I don't know. And then you, you, I think he threw out Christianity like under his breath, but I think he didn't really want to commit to it because, you know, there's a world of Christians that looking at him side eyes. 
So like something's not adding up there at all, at all. So now you want, cause your friend said that they've heard that you can go to a fertility clinic and that you could get your sperm tested and then you're gonna jizz in a cup and they're gonna freeze it and it's gonna make it all the way from Nigeria to Atlanta, Georgia, in time for you all to impregnate Angela, but you don't have an egg to, like, you guys just make it make sense. Because like, as, as I talk about it, you I sound stupid saying it because it sounds stupid. There's no logic in it. And then, so then Michael goes and he's on the street and like he buys pineapples and like you guys, I don't have to tell you, you can Google it for yourself, the whole what pineapples do and you know, pineapples in, in preparing for a romantic rendezvous. So Michael has to know a little something about something, right? Because those pineapples and then like what you're talking about that was not a coincidence. That was not a coincidence that you're sitting there about to FaceTime with your wife eating pineapples. And then you're going to talk about how you never masturbated before. <sighs> Stop it. So he calls Angela and she's, you know, same Angela that she's been all season. She's bitter. She's angry that the dog that she bought was not caged by the children that she takes care of and that the dog has pooped and peed all over the house and she has to clean it up. And Angela wants to talk about how she's like feeling better. She's looking better. She's put a lot of work into to losing all this weight. And meanwhile, like she's still drinking soda and smoking, but that's beside the point. She talks about how when she was in her forties, 42 to be exact, they used to call her Big A and she used to win wet t-shirt contest. And then she talks about how, when she's like feeling like 100% from her surgeries that she's gonna enter a wet t-shirt contest again. And are you really, are those your goals right now? The funny thing that she said that I thought was interesting is you guys, she said that she retired at age 42. Did y'all know that? I thought she was a home care worker all through the time that we met her four years ago. But apparently she's been retired since she's 42. So, I mean, I guess she did something, right? Retiring at 42 is a pretty big deal. And so now her goals are to be in a wet t-shirt contest. And I just, like, where do you guys hold those? I haven't, is that, like, Andrew, I think Amanda, yeah. Is that still a thing in 2021? Is it? Are y'all in Georgia doing wet t-shirt contests still? Because that sounds very 80s to me. Sounds very 80s. And like what women are going to enter that in 2021? Just saying. But maybe Angela will make her own. It'll be all her friends. And she will relive her glory days. I don't know. But her goal now, because her tatas have healed, is that she's going to enter a wet t-shirt contest. Okay. Michael wants to talk about having a baby and she freaks out. She says, are you out of your mind? She starts cussing like she does. She starts raising 
her voice. And he says that, you know, there's an opportunity there. And because she's getting older and he's still there, that he wants to um, go to a fertility clinic, get a sperm tested, freeze the sperm, fertilize them with Kyla's egg, and she goes off. She doesn't want a baby. I don't know how many times that she can tell Michael that she doesn't want a baby. I don't know how many times that she can tell Michael that Skyla said no. I I just, I don't get it. Like, is he delusional right now? I don't get it. Why are we holding on to something that is obviously not true? And the simple fact that you are trying to say, Michael, that your biggest thing is you want to be a father in life. You want to be a father. You want to be a father. That was your you're non-negotiable. Well, obviously it was negotiable because you still married Angela. We've had this conversation with Michael three years ago and she wasn't having a baby then and she's absolutely not having a baby now that she's gotten all that surgery. So Angela tells us how, um, you know, she was trying to put this baby talk on hold uh, till he got to the US because she, she ain't, listen you guys, I hate to say it, I hate to break it to you, he's never coming to the US as far as she's concerned, right? Will he make it here? Maybe, but I don't think it's in her immediate plans to have him here anytime soon. Why is he out of all the, why? And I know I'm not talking about last, the last few years where, you know, things were a little bit different of a political climate in America, I'm talking about pre all of that. He still hadn't arrived. And here we are four years later and he still hasn't arrived. And, you know, where are you? Where are you in this process? The K-1 didn't work and so now you're on a C-1. You guys are already married, something's wrong. Something's seriously wrong. And so, you know, for her to say, I'm putting the baby talk on hold to the US, she might know something that we don't know. I'm just saying. So. Angela's agreed to allow him, her words, allow him to go see the fertility specialist as long as she's there. So she's going to be there to watch him masturbate that he doesn't know how to do. So that just sounds like a shit show to me. Because I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe him. And I don't believe that he, I just, what, what, what are y'all doing? Because right now you're just like, taking up my TV viewing time. And I just think it's bizarre. Like this, that whole storyline for this episode, I could have personally done without. I could have done without. I didn't need to know about the nine-year-old thing. I didn't need to know about his personal beliefs on pleasuring himself. I didn't need to know any of it. And I definitely didn't need to talk about him having a baby where we all know that He's just not having one, okay? That could have just, that could have just passed, go past this. All I know is Angela's gonna yell at you. She's gonna cuss. You're gonna like suck it up as you normally do. You had two, you had a small window of opportunity to man up and grow a pair and you almost did for like a quick second. And then guess what? You back down again and you know, your balls shriveled back up and now you're just there. And she's in charge how she was always in charge. And you're just taking it. And I just think it's sad because you're a grown-ass man. And you should be able to do grown-ass man things. Moving on to Andre and Elizabeth. Um, 
you know, she's studying Romanian and everyone, they've been back for a couple of weeks. Everyone flew back because of, you know, they were all fighting at the aunt's house and it was a hot mess, but her and Andre drove back in the RV because, you know, someone had to drive back in the RV. And yes, I'm going to mention the paper plates again because I can't, I can't not mention it. So Andre made breakfast for Elizabeth and popped it on the paper plate and they were sharing it, which, you know, I'm, I'm not about to make your meal and eat on a paper plate. And I will continue to talk about this until I'm blue in the face, but that's what happened. Uh, Andre feels like things are really great with Chuck um, and he's loving life. They've gotten closer. Elizabeth thinks that they've gotten closer as well. Uh, however, it's a shit show with her and Andre and her siblings, right? Because they're not getting along and they're all still fighting all the time about everything. And it all comes down to money. And I'm gonna say it right now, Chuck, you're responsible for what's happening because you're allowing the discord to continue. And you could put your foot down because you're the only one that's in charge of the business. So you could stop this immediately but you choose not to, okay? So, uh, just, uh, they go to the house that they're gonna be flipping with Chuck. And it's gonna be Chuck, it's gonna be Libby, and it's gonna be Andre. Chuck is bringing the money to the table Libby is going to be the designer. And by Andre's own words, he'll do something, quote, by himself. You guys, when he said that, I cracked the fuck up. Like, you'll do something by yourself? Oh, good for you. Good for you to be finally doing something by yourself. And what will that something be, Andre? Because I guess you're a handyman. And the last time I saw you being handy it kind of didn't make sense to me personally when you started like taking the fridge off the door when honestly you were throwing the whole fridge away so the door could just go with it. But I mean, you can, your quote, do some things by yourself and bring the sweat equity. But I'm just, what exactly would you be doing? What, what value are you bringing to the table? Because we know that Chuck's bringing all the money. Libby's going to be the designer. And she has some experience in this house flipping field. And you are doing what? Sweat equity. And I, I just, what, what is that sweat equity going to look like? However, it's the first project. Um, Chuck pops in. And here's something else that totally distracted me. So Eleanor is walking around. Chuck comes in. And, you know, Elizabeth is trying to, to hype up Chuck, you know, grandpa's here, grandpa's here, grandpa's here. And Eleanor runs from Chuck when he arrives and like hides behind Elizabeth. And I thought that was really interesting, you guys. It was super interesting. Cause you know, kids don't lie. And kids are like, you know, they they sense things. And I don't know what it is, but she was not trying to be anywhere near her grandpa at that moment. So take what you will from that. Um. Chuck feels that Andre's made a lot of effort to get to know him. Yes, because you hold the money, Chuck. You have the purse. 
Of course he's making an effort because he wants his 100000 He just wants money from you. He wants you to do for him what you've done for your own biological children. He wants, he feels entitled to that money. Your money is his money. So yeah, he's, he's making an effort to get to know you, Chuck. Yep. And if he can get that 100000 in his hands quicker, then that helps. Oh, and guess what? You're going to split the profits on this house that you bought 50-50 and he's going to quote, do some things by himself. Yeah, that's easily what 140,000 in his pocket. So it's more than the 100,000 that he asked for. So yeah. Yep, he's getting to know you. Um, So Chuck says he's going to continue to keep his word. He's going to mentor Andre and they're going 50-50 on this. Now we find out that they bought the house or Chuck bought the house for 160,000 and he feels after they fix it up that he'll be able to sell it for 280. So if he splits that 50, 50 with Andre, that's 140 K a piece. Right. Um, and then we find out that through Andre's sweat equity, it will also be his listing. So he's going to make the money off the listing and it's going to be a problem for Elizabeth's sister, right? Because Becky is usually the one that's the lister. And so we already see where this is going. And again, I'm going to tell you guys, I don't understand. There's so many real estate agents and agencies in Florida. Like, why can't he just go and get a job somewhere else? Why can't any of them just go get a job somewhere else? Because they don't want to, because guess what? Chuck has the money and, and they can do whatever. They can work however they want to work mediocre if they need to because the money's always going to be there because guess what it's chuck's money and chuck's their dad it's crazy crazy to me um so chuck says and reminds us that he's helped all of his other kids like this and he's gonna help out andre because andre is married to elizabeth and however we do find out that elizabeth has never flipped a house before with her dad it's only been her other siblings that have done this so this is definitely something that's brand new for her as well and they're doing it because Andre has not ever worked a day in his life since he came to America. And someone who is already paying for all their bills, right? Because Elizabeth works through for Chuck already. So Chuck is already paying for all their stuff anyways. So Chuck is trying to get a little something back from already paying for their lifestyle. Bizarre. It's just, this whole thing is just so bizarre to me. So, um, Chuck wants to be helpful. He wants to help Andre. And meanwhile, Andre's like talking shit about Charlie. And I want to tell you something, how Charlie in his last house, he lost money because he was too busy partying. But I was like, oh, Andre, you just sound like a little bitch right now. Like, you just sound like a big gossiping bitch. And I, it, it's not attractive, right? I get that you feel like you have some type of, competition with Charlie and I don't know and I don't really you know we all have our own opinions on Charlie but Charlie does have experience and Charlie has flipped houses and you know if we're talking about the last two houses and you think about the housing market in the last year and a half through the pandemic yeah it was you probably did lose some money right so for Andre with no experience to talk shit about that it just seems stupid to me because you don't even know what you're talking about you've never even done it so someone that lost money during the pandemic, that sounds about right. But, you know, go ahead and talk shit, right? Because you must know everything. 
So uh, fast forward, the sisters all meet. It's going to be Ellie's birthday. They want to get a bouncy house. So they go to the bouncy house place. And the theme of the party is tea for two. And, you know, Elizabeth is like, you know, I'm just going to tell my sister. I'm going to rip off the band-aid and just let them know so that we can get this out here and now. And I already know that they're going to have a problem with it, with the, which is what they did. So... She tells them uh, that they're going to be flipping houses, the three of them. And Jen thinks that it's super shady. And she thinks that Chuck is just handing over his money to to Andre. And that Andre is cutting them out of the family business. And they're stealing money from her pocket. And taking her job. Taking Becky's job. And it's just shady. And Becky says, how Dare Andre, I helped him get his license. I helped him study. I did all of this. And how dare he step on my toes? Listen, you guys, I keep saying it. Chuck could end all of the nonsense. He could end all he could put us out of our misery so that we didn't have to listen to the same fight over and over and over and over and over again for 13 episodes by just putting his foot down and saying, This is your job. This is your job. This is your job. But at the end of the day, it's my company. I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do with my money. If I'm getting manipulated, which he is, and used, which he is, by Andre, so be it. Guess what? It's his company and his money. If he's going to take a loss to his son-in-law, then he's going to take a loss to his son-in-law. And I'm tired of everyone bitching about it and complaining about it and crying about it. He's, he's the, it's his company. Okay? And if you all have a problem with daddy doing what he wants with his company, feel free to get a job elsewhere. You don't have to work for your dad. Andre doesn't have to work for Chuck. This problem can be solved easily. But if you feel entitled and it's easy money for you and you've been able to manipulate your dad into funding your lifestyle as well, you can't then turn around and be mad about someone else doing what you've already done. And you're only mad because he's not your blood relative. And you're only mad because you hate him. Now, do I think Andre is coming at it wrong? And is he manipulating and using Chuck? Absolutely he is. But they're all doing the same thing. So I'm, t I'm just personally tired of hearing the fight over it. If Chuck just would put his foot down, then none of us would hear about this because it's not even an issue. It shouldn't be an issue. That's how I feel. Miss Elite says, lesson learned, never do business with family. It would save us 14 episodes. Listen, do business with family, but all be on the same page. But when you guys are all entitled brats and everyone feels entitled to Chuck's money and their portion of the money, then that's when there's going to be a problem. And that's why you guys are all fighting. Okay? Again, I can say it. All of y'all can go get a job elsewhere and flip your own houses. Or you can start your own business since... You all have the experience. Start your own business. Put your own capital in and keep it pushing. Or Andre, who has no experience, can go and get a job. Because we have yet to actually see him work, you guys. Absolutely. Have you seen him go outside? We've seen him try to be a trucker. And, you know, now he has his real estate license. But we haven't actually seen him sell a home. And I get he was a stay-at-home dad. And that's a job in and of itself. But, like... We actually haven't seen him work. And even when he was back in Moldova, we didn't really know. He was he was a bouncer cop. Like, 
he's 30 something. I bet you I could count on one hand how many years he's actually worked in his life. And now he's entitled to Chuck's money. Like, don't even get me started. This whole thing is just stupid. It's just stupid and it's ridiculous. It's all like first world entitled problems. You know, there are people that are that don't have jobs right now in the pandemic. There are people who, you know, are still trying to put food on their table and y'all are fighting over $100,000 that you want to be given. Get out of here. So, um, they get to the party. It's Ellie's second birthday, tea for two. All, everyone's there except for Charlie and his wife, Meg, and their little family. And uh, the sisters come in, you know, guns a-blazing, guns a-blazing. They want to know if Andre helped set up the party because it doesn't look like his style. It looks more like just um, Elizabeth did everything. Why do you care? It, let's make this about the two-year-old's birthday and y'all just suck it up for one day and not even one day suck it up for a couple hours so that everyone can have a good time but no that's not what happens um andre says that his he's being tested and his capability to withstand the bs is being tested but then he brings the bs to the table as well because i will say this till i'm blue in the face as well i think that a he's a hothead and b the way that he cusses in front of children is mind boggling to me. Your daughter is too. Her brain is a sieve. Everything that you do and say, she's like absorbing. And the way you cuss out your wife and cuss out her family, it's deplorable to me. And you do it in front of your two-year-old daughter with not a care in the world. It's disgusting to me personally. I just think it's, I just think it's unnecessary. You can have adult conversations with adults. And if you can't not make it about you, for even a couple of hours to celebrate your two-year-old's birthday, then that just says a lot about you and it's very selfish, my opinion, okay? My opinion. And if you wanna fight, you have to fight, you can't, you just can't shut your mouth and you can't not cuss, then how about take it outside, away from the children, away from the two-year-old's birthday celebration? How about that? Oh, but no, you're selfish and it's just about you and your, your temper in the moment. You already know that the sisters are going to egg you on. That's what they do. We all know it. We've seen it for the past 13 episodes. So how about control yourself, control your temper, and suck it up. Be the bigger person. So they're fighting. Andre wants to lose his mind. So instead of singing happy birthday and making it about his two-year-old's birthday party. He wants to go and cut the cake before they've even sung happy birthday. So then Jen makes a big deal about it. And then Elizabeth makes a big deal about it. And Elizabeth starts like yelling at him. He stops, but he's already cut the cake in half. So they sing happy birthday. And um, then a whole fight breaks out at the party. And they all feel like, Andre's messing with their money, and every time and that Andre's going to mess with their money, they're going to mess with him, right? Again, it's selfish because, again, it's Ellie's two-year birthday party. But let's make it about you and your pockets. 
If that's not entitlement, I don't know what is. Fight breaks out. Jen throws a piece of cake in Andre's face. Chuck says everyone's overreacting. Andre tells them to get the fuck out of his house. And they get out and they say, we aren't going to be in a place that people talk to us like this. Meanwhile, there's like the young girl, Jen's like 10 or 11 year old daughter that's listening to all this. And I think that that's the part that just disgusts me the most. You can be, you can act a fool, run amok, you know, talk shit out of your mouth, do all that. Leave the kids out of it. Don't expose the kids to the toxic toxic behavior. It's unnecessary and it's learned behavior. And so you're just teaching them how to not treat people right. And that's what they're picking up on. So that's going to be your legacy. And if you want to look at a mirror, you look at your children and you want to know why your children are assholes, it's because of you and you don't see it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you guys don't know, a lot of the cast members are in Los Angeles, California right now. A lot of them. The whole the whole pot pass family is in California. Down to Elizabeth, Andre, uh, Becky, and Jen and Meg. They're all here. Uh, Stephanie is here. Darcy and Stacy are here. Um, they're all here as Waylu and Kalani. They're all here. So they're filming for 90 day bears all, uh, they're fil filming for, um, a Darcy and Stacy tell all. And they're also filming. And I don't know if they're filming, but I, I want to say that they're solidifying the pot has family spinoff. That's going to be a thing. So there you go. That's all I have to say about them. I'm moving on to Jovi and Yara. They're going to Miami and she wants to be bad and bougie in Miami. And they're taking Gwen because she can't be away from Mila. And so Gwen's going to be their vacay babysitter. And Jovi just really feels strongly about having some adult time right? Some out of time with his wife and reconnecting with his wife. And ever since they had a baby and everything was like, boom, 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 boom. He doesn't feel connected and he's kind of feeling neglected by his wife. Um, and I want to talk about that. But before I talk about that, I cracked up when Yara was like so excited about going to Miami. When she thinks of Miami, she thinks of drop tops, Cadillacs, Snoop Dogg, marijuana, and bathing suits. And I was like, mm, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's a lot more than that. It's all heat, Latin vibe, great music, great food, um, great parties. It's all that. So yeah, you should be excited. Um, they get there. Yara loves Miami. And uh, she makes a joke about how she should find an old rich man and just live in Miami. And Jovi's like, well, you wouldn't have our beautiful daughter if you found some old rich man, which I thought was funny because you know, if you know any of the stories behind your storyline, she's always wanted to marry someone from abroad, like an American. Like that has always been her goal. Um, so I just thought that that comment was kind of funny for her to say on TV when you, you've seen like previous reality shows that she talks about how she wants to marry a foreigner and, you know, move to America. Um, so... <clears throat> 
She loves Miami, she says. Uh, she thinks it's better than Louisiana. And this whole episode, and, and even before, you know, she talks crazy about New Orleans and and how it stinks and how it's dirty and how there are homeless people. Yeah, there's it's stinking dirty everywhere, okay? There are homeless people everywhere. There are homeless people in Miami, if you don't know. You can go to the beach and they live on the beach too. So you're going to find that in any major city. So I think that maybe perhaps don't be so judgy. Okay. It might not be a big city, but you know, if you've ever been to Louisiana, you've been to like, or, or to New Orleans for their food, they have amazing food, they have amazing culture. The people are so friendly. Um, Pre pandemic, if you've ever gone for like Essence Fest or, that Tuesday or any of that stuff, you can't have a better time. So I just don't understand why she keeps like crazy talking down about Louisiana. Uh, Vanessa says wrong coast and wrong rapper Pitbull and blow maybe. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of marijuana though in Miami. And there are a lot of drop tops. I've seen a little bit of both. So I'll say wrong rapper for coast wise. Um, but she wasn't far off on the rest. Okay. So Gwen's babysitting and she's happy to do so because she feels like she sees some rockiness in their relationship and she wants them to reconnect. Jovi wants them to reconnect and is hoping to reconnect as well. And so they're going to go on a date night. He's got whole rooftop plan, champagne plan, the whole nine yards. Now we've talked about this a little bit before and I want to talk about it again because it really is a thing. So when you're in a relationship, sometimes this happens and it's something that you have to deal with. Um, it's you and your partner, right? So you've been you and your partner. And so your attention is on your partner. Your partner is your primary focus. When you have, um, your first child, it kind of interrupts the ebb and flow of just the two of you, because now it's the three of you. And especially for new parents, your first baby, you're, it's a high learning curve, right? So you're doing that, you're sleep deprived, all, of this, all the things. So sometimes your partner can feel neglected because your partner has always been the center of your attention. And now that there's a baby, the baby's the center of attention and the baby needs to be the center of attention because it's a baby, right? However, I do think it's important that you take time to stay connected to your partner because that's what created the baby. You follow me? So you still have to have like love and attention for your partner. You still have to romance them and make them feel wanted and make them feel needed and make them feel loved. Because if you neglect that, you're neglecting the foundation of your relationship. So some way in there, you have to have a balance. And that often is the problem with new parents is there's no balance. And so one partner ends up feeling neglected and the other partner feels resentful right? Because they feel like they're doing all the work for the baby. And then the other partner feels like they're not getting any of the attention and love and, and, you know, love that they need. Now, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's, it's difficult in the first part of when you have a new baby, right? Because you're sleep deprived, and 
maybe you're breastfeeding and maybe you're trying to like balance work and the new baby and all of that stuff, but you have to make time to have sex with your partner when it's, when it's time to do so, like you're healed and all that you have to, you have to make time. Sex is an important relationship. It was important before the baby and it should be important after the baby. And that's it. That's all you, that's it. Like I, I hear crazy stories, you guys, and and you know some of you married people can can tell me if this is true. But there are some couples that get to a point where they're just like, mm, maybe we'll have sex once a week. It's not that important because everything else comes into play. You've got soccer games, and you've got homework, and you've got laundry, and you've got this and this and this, and so sex goes lower, lower, lower on the priority list, and then all of a sudden it's not there. I'm telling you this right now, it's it's important in relationships. It's important. It's a conversation that I always say you guys have to have immediately when you're in a serious relationship and especially when you're married and especially when things change, once you have kids, you have to talk about it and find the happy balance. Because if you don't find the happy balance, that's when people cheat. And they, they're not cheating because they don't love you. They're cheating because you're not having sex with them anymore. And it's important. And it was important. And, you know, you got to figure it out. Got to find the balance. And so that's what Jovi's trying to do. Jovi's trying to find the balance. Uh, he miss, he's, he's having a, the way he's wording it, I know that it's coming off kind of terrible, Right. Because it's kind of seeming like he's like, oh, Milo's just a baby. and uh. No, he's saying that he's trying to use his words and say, I miss my wife. I miss having good times with my wife. I want to spend some time with my wife. I want to reconnect with my wife. I want to have sex with my wife. I want to love on my wife. And I want my love to, wife to love on me. And especially because he's gone for three, four months at a time, they don't get a lot of time together. So he wants to feel connected to her. So that when he goes away for three, four months, he has something to remember that they connected on. That's not wrong. That's not wrong. They're still very young. So you find the balance. He's just not wording it right. Now, Yara feels like she has to be a specific way because she's a new mom, right? So yes, I agree. Your life absolutely changes when you have children. And being a new mom, first time mom, it can be scary and you're learning some things and you also feel very protective over your child. And anyone that has more than one child, you guys, by the time you, if you have three children, you the third child, the baby child, you are not half as crazy as you were with that firstborn. Because the firstborn was like, you're still learning with the baby. Second kid, you're like, you got this. By the third kid, you're like, I can do this with my eyes closed, but they're not there yet. So I get why Yara is being um, extra protective because this is her first baby, right? But Yara too has to find the balance. She has to, you wouldn't have a baby if you didn't have your partner. And if your partner didn't love you, you guys wouldn't have a family. So figure it out. figure it out. But that's not what happens, of course. Um, they go on this beautiful rooftop. Yara looks amazing. She just had a baby five months ago. She looks amazing. Um, Joey looks good himself. And 
you know, you can tell she's sleep deprived because she had five seconds of quiet and she fell asleep in the Uber and they get to their spot and they have a nice time. She thinks it's a perfect day and a perfect night. And then until she texts Gwen, because now it's nighttime, right? So long as she's been away from Myla, she hasn't heard from Gwen. So she's about to text Gwen to see, you know, does Myla need her? Myla doesn't need her. Gwen's a mom. Her kids are grown. She's been there, done that. This is not brand new to her. And it's also not her first baby, right? So she knows what she's doing. They're fine. It's Yara who's having a hard time letting go. It's Yara that thinks that Myla needs her. But really, you guys, and again, the disclaimer is I get it, brand new mom, you're figuring it out and you, you're, you feel more protective. However, I think it's tenfold for Yara because A, she feels like she's in the country by herself because her husband is gone all the time. So she's really clung on to Mila. Like that's her lifeline. Like that's the person that loves on her when no one else is around to love on her. So it's like that whole, you know, you're getting into like smothered territory. However, I get it. It's her first baby. So she's calling um, Gwen and, you know, Joby's not happy about it. He, he's trying to have a date night and they get in this big fight and he feels like she's using Mila as an excuse not to spend time with him and not to pay him any attention. And it's all the things that I just told you guys. It's all those things, right? You guys are saying the wrong things to each other. What's the actual root of the issue? The root of the issue is that one of the partners is feeling neglected. If you neglect your relationship, your relationship will go away. And that is what he's trying to communicate. He's trying to prevent that from happening. But she's not hearing what he's saying. She's just hearing him say that it's about him. So she feels like he's being selfish and only thinking about him and they fight. And she says, life can't be the same because Myla needs her mama. Listen, it doesn't have to be the same, but you definitely have to find a balance. You definitely have to adjust. It's not going to be one or the other. I don't think her way is the right way. I don't think his way is the right way. I think they have to come somewhere in between. And especially because he's got the travel component in that relationship as well. So they're going to have to figure it out because I know she loves him when she, when he's away, like they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. She was so happy when he got back, she was crying. She was happy, all of that stuff. So think of that feeling that you have when your partner's away when he's there and, and channel that to him and let him know. And she, she, should let him know and he should let her know as well. Equal. They should equally do it. Moving on to Brendan and Julia. They're packing. It's finally the big day um, for him and her to move out. And Brandon is talking about how he spent his whole life there on the farm and he's leaving it all behind. And I was like, oh, dude, you're almost 30 years old. Okay, you're 30 and you live at home. It's not attractive to anybody. You've never paid a bill in your life. It's not attractive. Like it's time to man up. Okay. And then you're complaining that you're you're leaving it all behind, but really we find out you're only 35 minutes away from the farm. So you could actually go home anytime. Your friggin' wife left her whole entire family and her country 
to be with you. So I think that you moving out of your parents' house is kind of not of a big deal. It's not like you're 18. You're like 28. Like, move out already. Leaving what behind? Your childhood? Yeah, it's about time to leave your childhood behind because you're a grown-ass man. So he's nervous. And again, he talks about leaving it all behind. And Julia says, you know, the farm is not our problem now because it's not our farm. And she's right. Like, they need to start living their married life separate and apart. It's okay to do that, Brandon. It's okay to cut the cord. Okay? It's okay. But you're having apprehension because I don't think you really want to take on responsibility. Your mom does everything for you. She does. She does everything for you. And you're kind of okay with that. And now, because you are leaving so, quote, abruptly, your mom and your dad are kind of giving you some tough love. So you know that you're going to have to actually man up and, like, pay your own bills and do all of that stuff. And that's what's making you nervous. It's like, can you actually stand up and be a man? Um, so he talks about how he's not excited to move, that he hates change. Uh, Ron and Betty are kind of just sitting there looking at them. And uh, Brandon's a little worried about the farm, asks if they've found help for the farm. Now, you guys, again, I need to talk about last season when they had the farmhand that was training Julia. Did she quit? Is that is that what happened? Because we all know that that farmhand is, is Betty's sister, so, like, where does she, and she lives right down the street. So, did she just decide that she's not going to help her sister anymore? I'm confused. But apparently, they found a worker that will work Monday to Friday, but won't work weekends. So, then they're going to have to work on their own farm on, on the weekends. And they're upset about that because it's going to be every weekend. Well, it's your farm. So, if you don't have to work Monday to Friday and you just work on the weekends, I, I feel like that means you have your whole week free. What's the problem again? Anyhow, Brandon offers to help uh, on some weekends, and Julia says that she's not doing it. She's like, you, you're more than will Go. Go and help your, your mom and dad on the farm. My time on the farm is over, and I'm not about to spend any of my weekends helping. She's done. Like, that's it. It was a little bit rude to say. I thought in the midst of this whole little family sit-down. I thought it was a bit rude of her to say, but I get where she's coming from. She never wanted to come to America and live on a farm, nor help on a farm, and she's done with that. I get it. I just think that maybe she could have not said it in front of Ron and Betty. Um, so, oh, Patty. Hey, Patty. Hey, girl. Hey. Patty, you guys, is one of my favorites. She's so funny. If you guys weren't at the block party, absolutely missed out. We had a really good time. Um, so Betty starts crying. She feels like she's losing her little boy and, um, she just can't do anything about it. Even though he's only 35 minutes away, it's not like he's going to be on the farm anymore, but Julia feels like it's going to be better for their lives. It's going to be better for their sex life because they're living away from, you know, being right beside the next bedroom of her parent-in-laws or whatever. Like, it's just, listen, you guys, just move out. You guys are grown. You're 28 and 29. It's time. It's time to start your own life. And so this whole thing about not being ready and 
being sad and leaving it all behind. It's just, Brandon, it's just time for you to move. It's time for you to be grown up. It's time for you to have some grown up responsibilities. You can always have Sunday dinners at your parents' house. You can always go on Saturdays and, you know, help them on the farm, but it's time, my friend. Okay, you're almost 30. No one, no one wants a mama's boy that has never even paid one bill before. You're married now, okay? And the way Julia is talking, she wants to have a family soon. So you're going to need to learn how to actually be a man and pay some bills before you bring another human being into the world. And then it's it's too much for you. Like, figure it out. Okay? It's time. Um, I guess I'm going to talk about Mike and Natalie now. No, I'm going to skip them. I'm going to save them for last. Okay? I'm going to talk about... Uh, Kalani and Azuela, because there really wasn't anything happening too much. He's picking up um, his sister Tammy and her kids and Lucina, his mom. They're in town. They're going to spend the holidays together. But he goes to pick them up on his own because he's worried because Tammy's there and Tammy, you know, is an asshole and she wants to fight everyone. She has a bad attitude and she has a little bit of entitlement in her system as well. And He's only really going there because his mom is moving back to Samoa and he wants to see her before she leaves. And he wants to also, you know, just have a relationship with his mom because he loves his mom. So they sit down and Tammy already tries to, like, he's not even there for five minutes, you guys. And Tammy's already creating problems. Mom's like, give me a kiss. As Willie gives her a kiss. And Tammy's like, that wasn't even a real kiss. That was like some sideways kiss. It wasn't even real. Tammy, like, mind your own business. Like, why are we even making an issue when there's no issue whatsoever? And it's none of your business. He sits down for another two minutes and she wants to know, like, are you still have your job? Are you still working? Money's still good? Well, we need, you should be sending money. You should be sending money. You should be sending money. So he's not even there for five minutes. She's already asking for money. Like, why? Why are you up in his business? Are you sending money? And since there's a whole, there's nine of them, is everyone sending money? Because if there's nine of them, and let's say all of them just send a hundred bucks, that's $900 a month. So why are you sweating as Waylu? I, I don't understand it at all. Amanda said, didn't they have a kissing on the mouse thing last season and we were all creeped out about it? Yes, they did. And yes, we were. Um, so yeah, she wants money and she is definitely not on her best behavior. She's definitely not on her best behavior at all. Her like attitude is like right there and she's unapologetic about it. And so as well as a little worried, right? He wants them to be on their best behavior. He doesn't want any fighting. He doesn't want any issues, especially at Christmas time, and especially at, you know, a home that's not theirs. And he tells them that everyone remembers the tell-all and how Tammy threatened to beat everyone up. And the mom's like, oh, that was in the past. We should move past it. We should just live in the moment. We should all love each other. And, um, she blames Kalani and says, you know, your wife needs to be nicer and she should be nice to us while we were there. And in Samoa, we teach our kids to be nice and to listen. And I was like, 
Well, then what happened to Tammy? Because Tammy is definitely not listening to anyone and she's not being nice to anyone. So whatever you did, it skipped her. So how about talk to your daughter and her shitty ass attitude and her expectations of something that's not even her business. Like, I don't even understand why she gets so upset that her brother is not sending enough money to the mom. Like, that's not even your business. That's between Ezwilu and his mom. Like, send the money that you're supposed to send. Let all the other kids send the money that they're supposed to send. And, like, you stay in your own lane. And then you want to now fight your brother's wife and her sister over their money? Just, you know, stop it. Just stop it. Stevie says the mom and Tammy are insane. They're insane. And we haven't forgotten... Okay, that Mama Lucina said that she doesn't care about the kids, just give me the money. So this is a shakedown, my friends. We're about to see a shakedown. So Mama Lucina is is scoping and Tammy want to come to the house because they want to see how nice the house is so they can adjust their amounts accordingly. Okay, that's all this is. That's all this is. It's not, oh, I'm going to Samoa and I want to see my, my son before I go, no. You want to see where your son lives and what you can get from that house before you go. So lock all your silverware down because if they don't get it from you, I wouldn't put it past them for them to take what they want. I wouldn't. And I saw the previews and I am not far off. Anyhow, so Ezwilu wants Tammy to humble herself and to have a nice attitude, to have a nice personality and to be on her best behavior. And she's like, well, I'll be on my best behavior if if I feel like it, but if they come close to me, then I'm not gonna be on my best behavior and they're in for something. Okay, listen, I can already see that you're not trying to be on anyone's best behavior. You're trying to be a jerk and you're trying to shake down your brother and his family and it's not gonna go good for you. Okay, Because the difference is Papa Lowe's there and I personally think that Colini, the sister, can throw down. So Tammy, you can be all bark, 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 but don't be surprised if you get bitten by someone that you least expected it from. Last and certainly just done with them is Natalie and Mike. They're still fighting. And uh, while they're fighting, she, Natalie, is getting closer to her friend Juliana and is telling Juliana all her problems and basically has moved in with Juliana. And, you know, is done with Mike, really. So <laughs> Angelica says, this is the time, facts, facts. When Tammy and the mom come over, this is the time where you use the paper plates and cutlery. You hide the silverware because these fools are about to pocket it so they can go sell it and make some money. Facts. Um, Juliana says that Mike is gaslighting Natalie. And Natalie feels manipulated and she thinks that because she's a foreigner and, and English is a second language that Mike is manipulating her. She tells Juliana that, you know, Trish called her an immoral character and a hooker and she has not let that go yet. And Mike says that she made it up and that she's hearing things. And I just don't understand why we just can't see the footage. The cameramen were there. They were, we were all there. They just, 
cut out so that we could see that part of the, the Christmas trip or the Thanksgiving trip it was, go ahead and just roll that footage back for us. I don't understand. Like, let's just cut this nonsense out, whether she said it or she didn't say it. Cut it out, show us the footage, and then we'll deal with it. We can all see it, and we don't have to hear about it again. And if she said it, she didn't say it, we'll know. You have the footage, just show the footage. I have a feeling they have the footage and they're saving it for 90 Day Bears All because that's where they always show all the un the cut footage. I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to see it on Bears All. So for now, and that's why we keep talking about it and we keep like hearing about it is because they want us to remember so that when they do show us, they'll be like, oh yeah, they talked that till we were blue in the face. So <sighs> Natalie gives this weird analogy and I'm, I, I can't even really repeat it verbatim. So I'm just going to kind of give you an overview. She talks about an elephant and a stick and the stick is tied to the elephant. And then the elephant grows up and it can break free from the stick or the, I don't, I don't know, the string, but Mike, doesn't do that and Mike's her big elephant. It was like so convoluted. I was like, what is that? What are you even saying? Are you trying to just say Ma Mike's the mama's boy? Then say that because this little analogy is so weird. What elephant is, is tied? What, where did you see that? Where did you see an elephant tied with a stick and a string to the mom? Like, where is that an old Ukrainian saying? And if it is, can someone tell me? Because I just didn't get it. Um, so she's just like talking shit to Juliana. Juliana says, you know, you should just really talk to your husband, which she should. And so she's with Mike and they're walking and she wants to talk. She realizes they're going through a lot. They've been fighting a lot. And she feels like he shuts her down a lot and doesn't listen. She's not over what happened in Oklahoma. And she's still mad with his mom and feels like the mom is not... Mike's not only manipulating her, but the mom's manipulating her too. Um, and he's just not hearing her. Okay. Then we have the to camera. Okay. They're sitting on the couch. Originally their hand is she, his hand is in her hand. They're trying to be all lovey dovey. And then shit pops off. And the producers are like asking, so like what happened? Did you, like what happened with this whole hooker thing? Like what happened, right? So Natalie explains it away. Mike is like, no, 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 that didn't happen. And just let's call my, my mom and let's talk about it. And she's like, oh, I don't have my phone. She's He's like, well, I'll go get it for you. So um, he walks away, he comes back and she calls and <laughs> They haven't talked since she's been in Tulsa. And Natalie says, you got something in your mind uh, when, when I was there visiting and I need to know why do you feel that way, right? So she doesn't overtly ask her. She's like, you think of me one way and I need to know why you think of me that way. And Trish says, well, because you don't treat my, my son right. You, you don't treat Michael kindly. You're mean to him all the time and he provides everything for you and you're ungrateful and you're not nice. 
And she goes off. She's like, what does he provide? Food? Because I don't have my green card. No, Natalie, actually, he provides everything. Really, if you think about it, it's not just your food. It's the roof over your head. It's all the bills. You drive his truck. You, you know, you don't have the money to pay for the gas that goes in the truck. And, you know, the wood that you put in the fireplace, that has to be purchased by someone. Like, it's not just food, Natalie. Like, he's actually taking care of a whole grown person while you can't work in the country that you live in. So I feel like you should be a little bit more appreciative whether this relationship is working out or not. You just sound ungrateful. And you sound ungrateful on national TV saying, ooh, what does he provide, the food? And even if he didn't just provide the food, he's providing you food. What would you do elsewise with no money and no job? Um, and then Mike's yelling, he's yelling, just ask her, ask her if she called you a hooker, right? So Natalie doesn't directly ask, Trish hears it from Mike, who's yelling on the sidelines, and she denies it, and she starts yelling, and she tells Natalie to knock it the fuck off, and it's all about what she wants to do, and she manipulates Mike, and she doesn't love Mike and she's acting terribly and she's acting like just a spoiled brat and Trish is not here for it. Now, here's the thing. I don't like it when Natalie gets her friends involved. I think that she should talk directly to her husband, but I absolutely can't stand it that Mike is having his mom fight his battles for her. So, or fight his battles for him. So, you know that Mike has been like calling his mom on his way to work because that's when they talk, right? Remember that? Every like 5 a.m., that's when they, they get their me time in and just been bitching about Natalie. Because how does, how does Trish know all of this stuff if Mike hasn't told her? And Mike hasn't communicated to Natalie whatsoever. And, but now you want to grow some, some balls because your mom is fighting your battle for you. It just, it's not a good look, but he feels like a little bit empowered. So he's standing up. He's screaming at the producers. He's screaming at Natalie. He's just screaming. And he feels em emboldened because his mom's on the phone and the, the mom has already been telling Natalie off. And now they want to talk about the fight that they had on Christmas Eve. They had a fight on Christmas Eve. She went to Seattle. And it was their first Christmas together, apparently. And he got her a bunch of gifts. She gathered up the gifts, <laughs> took it to her friend Julia's house and gave it to her friend and all of her family. So the gifts that Mike bought for her, she gave them away to her friends. And he didn't appreciate that. It's a bit petty. It's a bit petty of her, for sure. I'd be pissed too. It's a bit petty, but she did it. He's screaming, anyone in the room disagree that this is childish? She, she does seven-year-old tantrums. It's not okay. She can't even say that she loves me. Say that you love me. You haven't spent any time with me. Then we find out that since Christmas, she's only stayed one night with him. All the other time, She's been staying with her friend, Juliana, and mentions that she now has a room there. 
and then mentions you guys that I will say this and I felt bad, but I'm going to say it anyways, that he said that they made love the night before. And then 10 minutes later, she got up and left and went back to Juliana's house to her room. Now, you guys, I'm going to say it uh, and, 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 it's going to sound terrible, but I'm just bringing you the facts. I'm just bringing you what I know to be true. So if you guys don't know, um, there is a video of Mike that was circulating last week. And if that is in, allegedly it's him, I don't know if it's him for sure. It's allegedly, but if this alleged video is true, then, um, I'll just say I, I get why after they made love, she got up and left 10 minutes later. I'll say that. You you can't be gaslighting and um, you, you can't, how can I say this? You just can't be gaslighting someone and yelling at them and having their mama yell at you and not have anything to work with, allegedly. You can't be doing all that because you know what? If you ain't got anything to work with and ain't that good, yeah, I can see how someone's going to get up and leave and not come back. How someone's going to get up and only spend one night with you because what is she, what is she getting out of this? I'm, I didn't say this. I'm just going to pop this. This is what Crystal said. Crystal said, don't gaslight me with a dumb, a darn thumb in your pants. I mean, so that happened. He starts screaming, what's your end game, Natalie? What's your end game? Okay. So I want you guys to all take a minute and think about when we met Natalie and Mike. And I want you to specifically remember the tell-all, the first tell-all, where they were fighting and they were separated and they didn't know if they should get together, okay? I want you to remember that. And they had officially broken up. That's where this relationship should have ended because the same fights that you've been having for the past three years before you got married was the same fight that you were having Y'all don't even like each other. And word on the street is, you guys, that she received her green card over the Christmas holidays. And that's why she started spending less time with Mike because she was like, I don't need him. I have my green card now. Word on the street is that as soon as she had that green card in her hand, she even left her friend, her best friend, Julia, and went to Florida, went to Miami. And word on the street is, and I already talked about this, so I don't mind breaking this news to some of you guys that are new, but that she has a man, he's a hotelier in Florida, and that's why she's been spending so much time in Florida. It's because her new man is from Florida and he's rich, rich, hotel rich. So that's that. That's what happened. And it was an ugly fight. And the whole sh this whole episode was just ugly fights, left, right, and center. But Natalie and Mike took the cake on this fight. They aired all their dirty laundry. And it was yucky.
It was yucky, y'all. Yucky. Anyways, guys, that's the show. Thank you for joining me uh, again tomorrow. Uh, earlier time for Love After Lockup, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then Darcy and Stacy will be at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, thanks for joining me. I had a great time. Make sure that you have wherever you're watching before you sign off. You hit that thumbs up. And I will see you all tomorrow. Bye for now.